Bonjour, c'est mon Pierre. Hey, look, it's the guy from France that doesn't actually know what he's saying when he speaks French. What's up, Dusty? What's up, man? I feel like I am uh, French now. I feel like I was there forever. Yes. It was good you, to be uh, back. you look like you had an amazing trip out there uh, with your chica out uh, in the uh, city of love. It was a awesome city time. of love. I tell you what, she tagged me in something, and it's true. I kept on saying wee oui, wee oui, and bonjour, walking through. The, I couldn't. I was so obnoxious. I just couldn't. Again, not stop. you are the stereotypical American. This I is, am. This is why we have a bad rap in Paris. You know That's what's the, you know what's crazy? I'll say this because people are always like French people are so rude and mean, bro. Those people are so nice, and I didn't have one. Maybe one time someone snapped off on me, but people in France are so like nice and welcoming and warming and. I was going to say, it's kind of bad that here in the U.S. we don't practice any other, I mean, we sh there are other languages that we should take, but it's not as stern as over there. Oh, everyone there is, yeah. Everyone knows English. Everyone's very well educated. English, like you Spanish, know, and like, it's insane. It's totally yeah. insane. But anyways. Anyways, we, uh, Emma and I, we were joking that you were out in Europe uh, doing your whole little bachelorette tour, like the show. Obviously, they're going <laughs> on the cruise and up I'm and down the I'm a super fan. Uh, I had to go channels. step by step. Yeah. She you went on the bachelorette sightseeing tour. You lived I did. It, with your girl. it was it was beautiful. I uh, <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, super cool, excited. Well, I will say this because I teased it a little bit. I was like a little drunk, sipping on my um, Aperol spritz, and I I just get tired of seeing all this like Nate stuff, and I just had it. I said, you know what? I don't care if he approves or not. I'm gonna speak my truth of what I know. And hopefully some of you guys have been waiting for this. And we're going to get to it at the end of the show. And I'm really excited to True talk that. about If there this. is anybody besides Nate who can speak on this and, you know, say how it is about this whole situation, it is obviously you, Dustin. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, get into a little combo about that oh, after a recap. But we are here for another recap, Bachelorette's week before Hometowns. Hometowns are next week. And um, I think this is the episode where we finally, uh, looks like tides have finally turned, not so much against Rachel anymore, against Gabby. She begins to have a couple of struggles. And it gets intense. It's, it gets a little you intense. Definitely, we've been talking about this where how we've seen so much of Rachel crying and so much of her having a hard time. Yeah. And now she's finally getting that, like she hit her stride. It's smoothing out. But we're seeing the opposite happen for Gabby where she got to have the... She's having the more traditional approach, I would say, where you have a lot of fun, where it's all fun and games getting to be the bachelorette up until you have to make really hard decisions and break some hearts along the way. And this yeah. episode, we finally see that. Yeah, this is yep. the turning point. Pete, do you remember this? that? Who, where who it was like, predicted oh. this, guys? <laughs> what? 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 Doesn't work. It's no, good TV. I, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, yeah, this is, I, I think you're going to see it play out. You're going to see now it, it definitely, the tides are changing. And uh, I think... The struggles that Rachel had are going to kind of kind of benefit her in a way um, at the end here, and you know Gabby's going to definitely have some some crazy heartbreaks, and um, you know a lot of feelings are going to be hurt. But we start off obviously a lot of Virgin Boat crew shots, doing a lot of drone footage. Got I would a love lot to have a drone shots. It's been a that drone bit pilot. Gratuitous. Yeah, they are getting their money's worth for sure. Uh, but Zach, he gets the uh, the one on one with Rachel, and then Nate gets another one on one with Gabby, which. Yes. We were not expecting. I was not expecting, at least. Yeah. Definitely a hot button issue. The hot issue. Then the ladies sit down yes, and have what? some coffee with Jesse and talking about just how they're feeling about Amsterdam. And do you guys yeah. ever see? You guys ever see the Fall in Our Stars? 
Yeah. Did you read the book? No. Saw the movie, but this reminded me. I mean, isn't the it's in Amsterdam? I think I've been to that bench. They have that famous bench where they have like that one of those, like the really cute scenes there with the uh, the two of them sitting on the river there. But it reminded me. I'm watching Nate and Gabby have their conversation. Obviously, it wasn't the best conversation, but it was very fault in our starsy, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode, we got a lot of Jesse. I will say, we saw him have a lot of one-on-one conversations with the girls, have a lot of two-on-one like conversations. And then, of course, we're still getting these out-of-pocket commercials, the one that I wrote down. So I'm sitting there, a couple of glasses of wine deep, taking notes on this. <laughs> I'm a alone trigger, right now. So it's just me yelling at the TV. It goes, did your last boyfriend live with his parents? You can do better. Apply to ABC Casting. And I was like, okay, he didn't live in the basement. He was in the attic. Get over it. Like, <laughs> come on, Jesse Palmer, let me live. You know what's so funny is that they're – couple bachelors ago that they picked live with his parents when they were filming that season. So (laughs) it's, uh, you know, that would have been funny. Actually living with your parents in this economy. Come on, Jesse Palmer. Not all of us are making millions of dollars. It's very smart. I stand by it. It would have been funny during the seasons if they would state living at home or living on your own. That would have been actually really funny touch. Also, I want to go ahead and touch on this on Jesse. I think Jesse's doing a great job. I think in Mm -hmm. past, um, I'm just thinking about when Chris was the host. I know there was conversations, but I don't know if there was like guidance on like reassurance and such things as as that, as Jesse seems to be giving these girls. And like, he's like the fatherly figure that's actually just not asking questions. And he's kind of like helping them and like, Letting them know, giving them reassurance that it's going to be okay. You're in this. You're good. I agree. He's you know? definitely coming into his own. He's offering his own kind of like, you know, take. Not just trying to be, I guess, you know, a Chris 2.0. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually, yeah, I do appreciate his takes and, and all the advice he does offer. And I think he's he's honestly, he's a perfect choice for this hosting role. So we get into uh, the first one-on-one here. Nate and Gabby, they're walking around Amsterdam. And you see Gabby, and this, you know, obviously totally makes sense with where she comes from, with her background, with her mom and the relationship she has with her mom or doesn't have with her mom. But you can, you know, it's it's totally valid for her to have, you know, this stress of obviously with Nate, if it were to go forward with Nate and Nate was going to be, you know, the one, it's not just Nate that she's you know, welcoming in. And, you know, I didn't really, I guess, put my mindset in that kind of realm for the longest time until, you know, she starts bringing this up, but it must've been a ton of stress for her. I guess, you know, she doesn't even know if she wants to be a mom yet, I guess, mm-hmm. I, I, if I remember correctly. And so definitely a, a big decision. I guess probably what the biggest decision she had for letting for letting Nate go, right? I would agree. And I think that it was really hard to watch this breakup because you can see how much she's hurting in the process because she does so deeply care for Nate. Yeah. But she also knows that where she is at in her life and her own, like, socialization and her experiences that she has such a high regard for motherhood. Yeah. And she doesn't think that she's there yet. And in valuing it so much, she knows that she has to let go of something really good mm-hmm. and is like between sobs with this breakup. And I texted you guys. And I was like, I'm literally crying right now. Like, I know. That's, I was going to say, I was a little bit behind. Yeah. I started a little bit behind. I knew something was yeah, bad. <laughs> Whenever Emma's texted, I was like, oh shit, this isn't going to be good. But yeah. you know, it's 100. You know what guys? It's almost a game that actually shouldn't be advertised to play on national TV. When you involve another little child, 
And I mean, marriage, people take this show silly and like, yeah, you don't have to get married or you can and people could easily get divorced. But when you are thrown into a new family right away where there's an, an, the influence of a young child, it's such a big game. And when you think about the little time, I mean, we've all been watching the show. Mm -hmm. It looks like Nate's have all the time in the world, but realistically, he's probably had maybe two hours, maybe not probably less than that all together with with Gabby and knowing her and yeah, that point Gabby, with no fantasy sweet nights. Yeah. Yeah. So she would, this is like a very responsible decision for Gabby. And I, I applaud her for this. You know, I would have loved to see her and Nate together, but I think there just needs to be more time. It's not you. It's me. I said, yeah, <laughs> that like, never, it never feels good. It never, and there's never an instance where it's like, Oh, you know, I'm so happy you said that, but it, I think it really, it, that, rang very true. I mean, that exactly what it was. And it, it wasn't, you know, I don't, Nate didn't do anything. You know, if you could be, I guess, a, a quote unquote, perfect contestant vying for someone, I think Nate was that. And, and there's a reason that America, you know, has fallen in love with him. And there's a reason that I believe Gabby was on the road to falling in love with him. But again, very mature decision by her to realize, yeah, it's not just him. And it's, it's she's, he's bringing in another a, a life that she's going to have a lot of influence on. And if she doesn't feel like, you know, with the high regard that she does hold motherhood with, if she doesn't feel like she's there, how unfair, I guess, that would be to kind of force that and rush that situation. Like I, I have all the respect in the world for Gabby making that tough decision and, yeah, yeah. Um, and doing what had to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I this completely is, agree. This is sad. <laughs> now, on the other side of things, we flip from the crying bachelorette to the laughing bachelorette, which now the roles have shifted. We go to a one on one with Zach and Rachel, mm -hmm. another person who's already gotten a one on one. So yep. that's kind of interesting. And I think this might be the most iconic and incredible date I've seen on this show. What are your guys? He's takes? had great one-on-one -on -one dates. Like everyone is. Like, he really yeah. has. Like he had, yeah. Like he had the like movie star one at the beginning, right? Yep. Well, they went to the movie premiere. You and me, with all the Polaroids or the pictures, you know, put up on that show. The two of them. But yeah, this is a great day. I guess uh, it's it's Amsterdam is definitely a spot the show hits on a lot. We went there on Hannah's season, and I guess this. Uh, I mean, obviously, you see those tulip fields, and how beautiful are those, right? Mm -hmm. A ton of sweeping drone shots of that as well. And I guess those fields, though, only bloom, I think, once or one or two weeks out of the year. Yeah, you know, that's what they're the, saying. It's two weeks that they're in full bloom. Yeah. And they were there set up with a hot tub in the middle of these tulip fields. And I just Pretty sat epic. there thinking, that is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Oh, for sure. For you think sure. you think the casting, I mean, you think the production planned that or it was just a crazy coincidence? No, the show, cause the show is, like I said, they've done that twice now. They've gone with Hannah season two is the exact same two weeks. So it's definitely a, a Hurry up, spot. everybody. Get on the bus. We got to get to the tulips. The tulips are coming. <laughs> yeah. Get on the bus. When the they're tulips. figuring out where they're going to dock the boat, <laughs> I think yep. they're like, okay, we got to be in Amsterdam for this chunk of time. Yeah, for sure. Just because you have to do the tulips in Amsterdam. The other thing you have to do in Amsterdam is apparently kinky sex, but we'll get into that <laughs> after we finish this date. Uh, I thought the date was this great, though. True. I thought they opened up, and I, I you know, I, I've liked Zach since that first date. I just think he's a stand-up guy. I think he's the type of person that would just never do you wrong, and just him for him to be vulnerable and talk about his, you know, body issues growing up and going through therapy. And I'm a big, I'm a big advocate for people going to therapy. So I, I loved everything about it. Yeah. I like that conversation. I like the, 
the emphasis on therapy and how they both were able to bond over their love for therapy. I also think you guys have a really powerful conversation with two of the ladies from Roses for Everybody, which will be the episode that comes out next, uh, where you guys talk about how Zach opens up about his weight and how that's kind of the only storyline we get regarding weight Mm -hmm. in the context of this show. So definitely anyone listening, go check that out next Tuesday. Check it out. Highly recommend. We want some people to be happy with their weight on the show and show it and flaunt it. But uh, Zach drops some big news, says he's falling in love with Rachel. It's a, it's a very beautiful moment. You know, it's good to see Rachel, again, like you said, now she's got that smiling face on. She's got a beautiful smile and she can, you know, sport that proudly. And, you know, hopefully we see that most of this, uh, the difficult times are, are definitely behind her now. And so you're excited for her and for Zach at that point. Yeah, it's nice to see her finally happy, especially given like the amount of screen time that her crying has been given. It's nice to finally see her not hating every second of this experience. Yeah. So at the end, you want it to be worth it for everyone, right? Like not all of these relationships are going to last. In fact, most of them won't. And at the end of the day, you just want everyone to have walked away saying it was a net positive experience, even all of the negative things understood. So... Glad to see that she's finally happy. And then we get another juxtaposition of how Gabby is not. And Gabby goes and talks to her guys about what happened with Nate. Yeah, she has the talk. Obviously, Nate's not there. This is the point. It's starting to get extremely serious. And obviously, all the guys feel that and the intensity of it all. This is, you know, coming into hometowns. It's, it's a whole new, this whole new chapter now. It's like when the show segues into a, a second mode here that's just intense is the best word for it. They go on a group date. It's Amsterdam, of course. So uh, what kind of group date are we doing in Amsterdam? A kinky one, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not tulips, it's whips. What? There you go. <laughs> I love it. Safe words. Safe words is brought up. I, uh, <laughs> I thought this was pretty funny. The guys are pretty creative. I'm going to put you guys in the spot. Dustin, what would have been your safe word? Oh, man. I'm going to go with Kevin, what Kevin Hart says. Pineapples. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emma, safe word? Uh, my safe word is John Denver. John Denver. John Denver. <laughs> okay. What about yours, Mr. Uh, Weber? Uh, mine 787. is Mayday. <laughs> Mayday. <laughs> mayday. Mayday, Mayday. Yeah, that's my The plane's going down. Mayday, Mayday. <laughs> um, I, I can't, have a problem. I can't keep it together anymore, Captain. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> I need to get out of here. ASAP. <laughs> the guys are uh, our pumpkin, our cruise ship, Albuquerque, and asbestos. Definitely the asbestos funniest one. Asbestos was the best one. That one I genuinely chuckled. Oh, man. And uh, Gabby's having fun with it. Gabby is enjoying kind of torturing these guys. Again, their shirts off. They are fully submitting themselves to the experience and doing what you do in Amsterdam, I guess. And it was a it was a fun date. <laughs> it was a very interesting interesting date. And I think the guys were a little bit reluctant to answer some of the questions that this dominatrix was asking. So my general advice walking away from this is: if a dominatrix asks if you go down on a girl, the answer is always yes. <laughs> but if she asks how many people that you've slept with. I can understand probably diverting away from that question on national television. Asbestos, but why wouldn't you asbestos. just say yes to the first question? Like, come on, there's nothing but good press you're going to get for that. <laughs> That's true. 
Come on. You got to be a giver now, okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it's 2022. Man. We're, we're pro head. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, real quick, hey. real quick, I, I bring this conversation up all the time, like to break the ice. It's funny. I said this actually when I was in France to a group of friends. Would you rather give up cheese for the rest of your life or give up head? Answer the question right now. Duh. Oh man, I love cheese. Fuck. I mean, I love cheese, but I'm giving up cheese. <laughs> Come I on. Think, all the women. These are like two things that I care about. All the women said they gave up head. What do you, first of all, what would you give up, Emma? You got to say it. I feel like I'd have to go with head just because cheese consistently pleases. Cheese That's true. is a higher success rate. Yes, but I guess the frequency. Cheese is a little bit more frequent. So I, yes. I, I, I can see where, where, you know, I'm a thought process. I've already that. had cheese once today. Oh, man. I'm giving up see? air overhead just to let you know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Bold claims. Anyways. Bold claims from Dustin Kendrick. Unprompted. <laughs> Okay, and then we get into this kind of crazy situation. So last episode, Peter and I talked pretty extensively about the process of Logan jumping ship, if you will, from team Rachel to team Gabby. Yeah, tell me what yeah. And it seemed like about. it was going to be this whole big thing, but then all of a sudden, Logan's gone. And like, we don't see Gabby mourn this at all. We don't see really anyone talk about it. It goes, he tested positive for COVID. He's no longer on this journey with us. End of commentary. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like it's it's scenes like this or you know scenes that play out like this with the show where it's just such like a letdown for like built up built up suspension and drama and it just turns into nothing and it's what like now when I look watch for future seasons I'm so skeptical of watching all these you know previews and these teasers and they try to make this thing look out to be like this crazy you know what's going to happen here and it's like probably nothing nothing's going to happen and I was honestly just confused you know watching this with listen Logan tested positive it's you know it sucks. I'm assuming he's doing okay now, but uh, okay. So he leaves. Jesse goes in, tells tells Gabby the whole situation, the rundown. You know, has to. I think it was a little forced that she they didn't have. To, I mean, they tested the other guys as well, and they obviously came back negative. So they were trying to kind of now obviously create a little bit more drama on Gabby's side and have mm -hmm. her have it to cancel, a, um, you know, an after party. Obviously, Rachel had done the majority of that. So now they're going to, you know, give Gabby a couple of those. But then he goes and talks to the men who are obviously a little confused, like, okay, where's, you know, where's Logan at? And he doesn't even tell them what the deal is. It's just like, I was trying to make this too. so damn dramatic for nothing. And it's like, the viewer already knows what happened. Like, I, I get, yeah, you're trying to get in these guys' heads and, and try to like play some type of mind games, but the viewers already, the audience has already seen the truth. So why, I don't, it just seemed They've very also, odd to like, me. They've also potentially been exposed now, right? Because they hung out with the dude all morning. And so they aren't going to be like, hey, by the way, you've been exposed to someone who tested positive for COVID, which is kind of like what we probably should do, just decorum living through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. But instead they're just like, oh, yep, he's gone. Yeah. Kinda, Don't ask me questions. That really sucks. I, I Thinking about when they filmed this, this was quite a while ago and yeah, I guess they had to have that have that in the back of their minds. If anyone kind of tests positive for COVID, you got to go right away. It's not like you could quarantine there and stay there. It's really interesting. You know, I want, I wonder too. This is again just a thought, but it would have been kind of genius if you know. I know we, uh, you know, you guys have brought up certain things have been brought up about Logan on TikToks or whatnot in the show in the past. When early on in seasons has found a way to take contestants out of the show kind of quietly before they get to you know be be well known by the audience. I wonder if there was something that had come up that was like a, a big no no for the show and like, well, that's the most perfect excuse in the world. Let's just say he tested positive and he's got to go. And that's mm -hmm. that. Who, who knows? I'm gonna I mean, say, it just, it just seemed very 
Yeah. I, I'm going to say, I think I heard he's on Paradise. So I don't know if it was something okay. that would sketchy. Be so maybe sense. you just like, take I feel COVID. like you got to give yeah. the dude a break. Like, hey, maybe man, we're just sorry. Coming, yeah. Maybe we're thinking way too much into it. There's no way it could have been COVID. It had to be the. It just, know, it just, it was just such a like a <laughs> letdown. Like they'd use that in teasers too. Like Jesse talking to Logan, yeah, you gotta go. It's like, oh God, it's such cheap drama. Like, really? It is but, cheap drama. All right, moving on. Yeah. Speaking of cheese, we get a cheese themed date. So they're doing like squats, kind of, or like they're just, just like lifting holds. it up. Yeah. Yeah, with wheels of cheese. What are your guys' thoughts on that? It's another like physical date where it's meant to prove your uh, love through your quads. As long as you didn't eat the cheese before doing the squats, I think everyone's safe. You get it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hey, I props props off to Tino. All right. Uh, You got to love seeing the least rip guy win the competition against these guys with just like washboard abs and flexing like crazy and yeah it was uh his love his love conquered and the guy's got true love for rachel and it pulled him through i don't know about you guys but anytime i see tyler with his shirt off it really throws me for a loop because i have this sort of cognitive dissonance where he has this like adorable like youthful face like he looks so cute and like squeezed like i just want to like grab his cheeks so like nice um, I don't know. I feel like he's probably five there? five. I, I think I think it sounds like you have a crush. I'm, I'm but just, then he I'm takes his shirt off and it's there. like washboard abs, and I'm very and then confused you have more of a crush. because his face doesn't make sense with his body because it goes from like super cute, adorable guy to like holy shit, dude's freaking chiseled. I think Emma needs to be sliding into some DMs here. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was the total opposite. You know, I had a you know <laughs> cute chiseled little face, and then when you got to my body, it's like ugh. <laughs> Hey, we've all seen the Calvin Klein photos, Dustin. That was a long yeah, what time are you ago, about, man. A long time. Mr. Once you get Keto. up to your 30s. But I'm happy with my body now. Hey. Hey, kudos to you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, Tino wins. It, that did look, though. You could just tell, like, the way that wood plank kind of was over your, your back, your back Ouch. on your shoulders. It was just, like, pressing in, and the ropes that you're holding on to are just, like, you know, rubbing on and, and, and ripping the skin off. So... I bet you, obviously on the show, you only have so much you can show, but I bet you those guys are probably standing there for a long ass time to get oh, that yeah. exhausted and finally have to like let it down. But it was cool. We never seen anything like that. Cool little strength competition. I guess we'd seen like arm wrestle stuff, but it was a little different take on that. So I enjoyed it. Real quick. Yeah. I thought it was a cool little like local version, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. The local, those, those local dates are fun as hell. Yeah. I saw something on Twitter last night and it was poor Gabby about her earrings. Did you guys see something on that? About no, how what it, was it? No. she had an earring and I think it was turning her cheek uh, green. Oh, no. I know. I'm like, oh. dang. Oh, that's not like, yeah. if it's like something like it's fake or something, it gold yeah. or something, right? Does that yeah. to the skin? Not gold. Not If it's not if gold, it's not gold. gold. That. if it's yeah. not like sterling silver, if it's nickel or other things, it can leave like a little bit of a residue. The styling department did gotcha. her bogus. I Why guess they had to it. too much of the budget went to the uh, to the cruise ship this season. Yeah, right? seriously. Yeah. Virgin I that was, must not be paying as much as we think they are for those it's drone all, shots. Hey, what's the saying? Whatever. Never mind. Never mind. That's the <laughs> Didn't same. give me enough to go on there, man. <laughs> all right, night portion. Guys all pour their hearts out. Um, all of them. Very intentional with Rachel about meeting the families or having their mm-hmm. families meet Rachel. And you see Tyler... Get the rose. Listen, I, I actually, you know, to kind of go off your momentum there with uh, your crush on Tyler, Emma, 
I think that <laughs> Tyler, I, I like I like the guy a lot. I, it's you you watch him have his conversations with Rachel, and he's just so engaged and just truly like. I feel it. I feel that he's he's really really into her, and I think she's definitely into him too. I don't know as much as he's into her, but mm-hmm. I like the guy a lot, and I don't know. It just gives me good vibes. He ultimately gets the rose, and some drama there ensues with Tino. Mm-hmm. The quote of, I guess, the episode, Tino is acting like a baby back bitch. <laughs> Which is just such a good line. I said it last week. I'll say it again. The line, Tino's acting like a baby back bitch, rolls off the tongue. It just does. But, you know, obviously, listen, I, I'm watching that. And, and, and I, you can see, again, it's, it's tough sometimes to, like, you've gone through the whole experience and you see how thing, things happen and everything. And, like, you, it's hard to, like, go back to being that first time contestant where you just don't know anything and you're like not understanding why certain things are happening. So you understand why Tino is getting very frustrated. He's, he feels like he, you know, I I think it's obvious. He feels like he has it in the bag, which he does. Let's be real. And so not getting these roses, which obviously he can't get all of them or else Mm -hmm. the show is already over. Production knew exactly what they were doing there. And I think they got what they wanted. They they got some great conversations with the other guys, with Ethan and then him just, you know, talking with backstage with the producer. You know, they played that. They played that one well. What's your take on the fact that, like, so Ethan pointed this out, that Tino wasn't the only person who didn't get the rose, right? Like, I get that he feels really hurt that he opened up and he felt like he deserved that rose. Mm-hmm. There are also four guys there. True, and but I'll, I don't know if I guess Three I'm other defending. people were disrespected in the same way that he was. So for him to storm off, it is a little bit then of another disrespect to the other men who are going totally. through the same process. Yeah, totally. No, I, I get that. He shouldn't have stormed off. I don't think there is necessarily an excuse for that. You know, just listen, be a man about it. And yes, you can be disappointed, but you don't have to go and, and, and storm off like that. But to, in a way, kind of defend Tino, I think it's obvious to him of where he's, yes, obviously there was three other guys or however many guys that didn't get a rose. Those guys aren't on the same level as Tino in regards to the connection that they have with Rachel. So I think he handled it incorrectly, but I think he also knows a little bit more than the other guys. He knows that's his girl. That's how he feels. And I mean, he's valid on how he feels. I mean, I don't know if I'd be comfortable in a poly relationship either right now. So, you know, (laughs) at first it's fun and games and then you get the feelings. It's like, fuck, I don't know if I'm. It's all fun and games until it's actually the bachelorette and she's going to pick someone and it might not be you. Yeah. Yeah. True. But yeah, it's, it's so, yeah, I, I think. I think those feelings are valid. I, I think also it's definitely hard when you're in the heat of the moment to to stand corrected and make the right decision. So I mean, I won't. I don't. And listen, say, for all we know, a producer could have just like given him like, "Hey, Tino, come here for a second. Let's way, do a quick so. ITM." Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's why he left. So yeah, and then they just played it out to be that way. I definitely don't take away any points for him for this. Yeah, honestly, this is kind of like what you being a lead. This is what you want to see. You want to see people reacting like this. Like this, this mm-hmm. gives you confidence. You know, I don't even know if Rachel knew that had occurred until she was watching it back, but that's not, there's no knock on that. Again, there's a way to be respectful emotion. to the men. And, and obviously, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Then we get back to the pool deck, this lovely pool deck where this time it's like half covered. So you can tell that they have to like walk over the water. It gives a very ominous sort of 
feeling to the whole thing. Yep. And Gabby does not have to send anyone home. She has four roses she can give, but instead mm-hmm. she elects to give out three roses, sending yep. Spencer home. Thoughts? I mean, I think people saw it coming. At, you know, he unfortunately didn't even get a one-on-one. There's two one-on-ones with Nate before even zero one-on-ones, you know, compared with, with Spencer. So I guess, yeah, that wasn't necessarily a shocker at all. But I think, uh, do, do we get Spencer on the beach? Any uh, any rumors of that? He seems like he would be. I, I have know. not heard. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, I met him nice. in Chicago. He's like a really cool dude. He is a cool guy. He's actually really nice and a really sweet guy. He was a little nervous about the premiere and everything. Like, I think everyone's anxious whenever the show's coming on. Like, you don't know what to expect and this and that. So he was very inquisitive on my experience. But a pretty nice stand-up guy. No, but so. see, see, yeah, see, seemed like that the entire time. Who does Rachel send home? <laughs> I love that my notes just say Rachel sends. I, that's really good for me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm uh, thinking, I just watched this last night. Who the hell did Rachel send home? She sends Ethan home. Ethan home. Ethan. Yes. Poor Ethan. You know Ethan. Which you can kind of see coming. I feel like they had the least developed relationship. It's yeah. not like, anything against their relationship. They seem like they liked one another. They seem He seemed like a really cool person. Yeah. And that he was really he, he there is. for we, her. We've, uh, we've met him once yeah. out there in New York. Really, really, yeah, nice dude. He was shooting uh, a shot. I guess shot. he's pretty close with Nate. He was shooting a shot nonstop yeah. with Rachel. And um, you got, I mean, he was always there for her. Like, hey, shooting a shot, there for her, giving her attention. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, kind of, he stayed out of the drama, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Wasn't one of those guys that was always meddling. So, you know, if it's if we're looking at it a game, he played the game really well. He played a good game. Played a good, good game. So Ethan and Spencer are sent home. We are going to hometowns now. We get a preview for the uh, coming week. We see one preview, uh, not so uh, not so good of a uh, a visit with one of the families. I guess I think it was Rachel saying that Tino's family looks intense. You think it was Tino's that she's referring to? Like she didn't know if she was gonna I, make it out of there alive or yeah, crying I think or something. It's Tino's family. Yeah. At least that's what the edit would make me infer. And then the other thing that we see at Zach's hometown, we get to see Patrick Warburton, who is Kronk. Oh, he his dad's Kronk. His uh, uncle. His uncle. Oh, but he is there. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, you had mentioned so that that's before. Cool. I wonder if he's uh he's gonna do the voice. <laughs> he has to. Oh, for sure. Rose for Rachel. Rachel's Rose. We got a lot of a lot of drama coming up with hometowns. I'm curious. This is gonna be. This has to be a longer episode. No, I mean, the, the one thing I don't like about this season again is I really don't feel like I know any of these men. There are too many men. I it just it's just too many or it's just too much division of time, obviously, because you know, they didn't increase the episode length. It's still a two hour episode. So, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, yes, I, I know Nate the best because I obviously know Nate in person, but I really don't know any of these guys. And mm-hmm. I'm curious how they're gonna do granted, I think it goes to their benefit with Gabby only taking three now because man, if you're gonna do eight hometowns in one episode, you're gonna have like five minute episodes which is, I think, doing a disservice to the uh, to the audience. So I'm curious to see if they increase the episode with that and how much time we actually get to know the families and, and meet them. But You think they'll do two two episodes of Hometowns? They could. They could do a Monday they and a could. Tuesday. I could see that. A two-night special and give each one of them their allotted like normal hometowns, time. Yeah. Rachel's Hometowns. Because Hometowns are intense. And I feel like 
you get to see their conversation with this person's mom and this person's dad and their brother or sister or yeah. their grandfather or whoever their like family unit is. You get to see kind of like individual conversations between both the contestant and the lead with each of these people. And that really gives you insight into the dynamics. Yeah. I like this episode just as like a social experiment. So I hope that we don't get ripped off and yeah. get a lot of that cut out. And I'm curious too, yeah, even moving forward, then fantasy suites and then the final two meet the actual leads pairing and then, you know, finale, it's going to be interesting to see how they edit this because it's not been good in regards to getting to know people so far. And mm -hmm. now in a typical season, while you, you know, maybe you know someone a little bit better as a contestant and you understand kind of who they are as a person, you really get in, you dive into getting to understand this relationship. And I can't, you know, really fall for this relationship and, and, and root these people on and really have it like mean something to you and care about it. I, it's going to be tough. I'm going to see how they do. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I guess we'll see. It'll be interesting. Speaking of interesting, in the past week, there has been a little bit of a tide turn amongst the fans of Bachelor Nation because their heartthrob, it seems, there might be a little bit of tea about. And I think that, Dustin, you might know something about that. I know the tea. Let me say this. After I was drunk and put that post up, that story, I actually had some people reach out to me that gave some details about these people and their history. And I went back about who? About the people making about accusations. The women? Yeah, the women making accusations about Nate. So, first of all, let me say okay. this Nate is not an angel. He's not a perfect guy. He is a human hey, being. I guess what? Not one person in this world is either. Not one oh, person God, no. is. So, I'll say this. People need a little, they like, they like receipts and history involved. Nate is divorced. Fresh out of his, like, let's, let's see this. If you're listening, raise your hand if you've been divorced before. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming probably not so many people, but people that have been through a divorce, it's not an easy thing to go through. I think it's probably one of the lows of someone's life, I would say, correct? So mm -hmm. coming out I of there, imagine. coming out of that, and I remember Nate was divorced. You, you're divorcing someone you were in love with, someone you have a child with. Your future with this person is ending. It doesn't necessarily put you in the greatest headspace, you know? And I know for Nate, he was looking for that to be validated, to have that companionship, to just have someone there to say, I love you or be there for you. And it's... And I'm not saying Nate is in the right. He definitely shouldn't have said these things about love and all this jibber-jabber stuff. It's really, yeah, he shouldn't have said it. I'll say that. He should have communicated better what this was. But there's not one receipt of photo of them confirming that they are in a relationship. Number two, the 1.5, the, the year and a half of being she says, together with Nate, is baloney. Nate never told me once he was in a relationship with this person. They were dating. They were seeing each other. No way. They were just filling things out. There was a time also that I was told, I'm not, I'm not trying to put these people on front street. These people are not innocent by any means, but there was a time in this 1.5 where they didn't even talk for like six months because someone no. was left a uh, left a bar with someone else. So this is just silliness. I, I can't stand when people like just 
flip the script and just want to go against someone when you don't have one, one thing. Let me I, I let me add on this on this with with this one you know this year and a half claim. Listen, I I don't have a child, but I truly believe that you have every right to hold. Listen, I understand if you're in a serious relationship and you're committed and like you are with someone. Okay, sure, maybe it's, it, it it is a little weird if you don't disclose you have a child. But if that's not the case, which it seems like this was, in my opinion, Nate has every right to hold that back until it's the right time, until he's completely comfortable, until he's 100% sure this is someone he wants to introduce into Mila's life. That You can't knock someone for, you know, that's that's totally 100% up to them. And no one can judge you and force you and push you and say, no, there's a time frame where you have to say it and disclose this by this point. I, that's just my two cents on that matter. Yeah, 100%. And the thing was, I was always asking Nate, like, uh, I'm like, bro, you just got out of a divorce. Why are you even like, why are you like hanging out with this girl this much? And he's like, I, I don't know. I like her. She, she makes me feel good. And again, Nate vulnerable, needing some, someone there for compassion, someone just to kind of fill that void. And I'm not saying it's right by any means, but this seems to, it seems to be what this was. But also, this girl is a party girl. This girl was always at the club, always out and about doing stuff. And Nate knew this is not the type of girl to introduce to my daughter, his daughter. Like, if if someone is like, they were in two different parts of their life. I'll say that. This girl was young. I mean, not young, but younger than Nate. You know, going out in Chicago, having fun, bar scene, club scene. Nate, on the other hand, is freshly divorced, going through some shit. And he kind of just hung out with her in the, in the scene of going out. And it's not necessarily the scene to, well, if someone's involved in that scene heavy, to bring them into the life of a daughter. So there's, and there's more information I want to disclose, but I just feel like, I just want to be past that. I feel like you don't go and try to tarnish someone's name because a relationship didn't work out. This seems so childish to me mm -hmm. and it's very upsetting. Like I know Nate, I've known Nate since I was 14, 15. I know he would be there for anybody and, and try to, if he could do anything for someone as this seems like he was, I don't know. It's just upsetting. But also I want to talk about too, reality fucking Steve. This, oh my God, this, guy, this guy is so toxic. You have no other information to tell besides someone talking to someone and maybe talking to someone else. This is childish and you're tarnishing someone's name. You're making, this is terrible. And everyone's <laughs> going around him and like, yeah, yeah, stone Nate, the stone him. Like, this is crazy, guys. We need people that have a voice to spread more positive messaging and to want to hear other sides of things. And let's, let's, let's bring it up a notch. Let's not try to talk about things that are about someone dating and actually dating someone else. Nate was in nowhere near in a committed relationship with either one or two of these girls. He and is I think that's the biggest thing. That he's is the yeah, biggest thing. Right owe there. a casual hookup anything. He's allowed to date. Again, I'm not saying mm -hmm. he definitely could have used his words differently. Shame on Nate for maybe not for throwing around the I love you thing or whatnot, but maybe that's how he felt. Again, this is this is so silly. And I I just hate for a show. That claim that for a show that you see so many instances of people <laughs> falling in love with multiple people in a matter of two months, in a matter of a month and a half, now all of a sudden it's ridiculous and preposterous. To, you know, again, I, I agree with you. I, I think that if Nate could have done one thing better, it was maybe to hold that back, to hold that back. But 
in his defense with this, the show is all about this. And so he essentially yeah. was doing what the show already, you know, pushes Practicing. people to do and open up about their feelings. But now we're knocking on it, knocking him because it was done outside of the show and not, well, guess what, guys? I'm going to say it. The cameras were filming. Oh, my God. So my, my two cents on this is that Reality Steve is not a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. He is a clickbait king and he will post half stories and half like with whatever receipts he can get that justify whatever claims he's making. And I think that that has been really damaging to a lot of people. I think he has ripped some people in Bachelor Nation. And I think that he's a skeezy dude. I mean, there was the whole Demi incident where he called her to tell her about a sex dream he had about her. What the fuck? I don't think that this man should be like on this high pedestal and throne that we give him. So Reality Steve's a he's a gross dude. And I think that we hold him, or I guess Bachelor Nation has him on some pedestal because he does get the information first. I know how Bachelor in Paradise ends. I'm so sorry. I've been spoiled. I know how this season ends. I've been spoiled because of Reality Steve. And that's cool and all. But also, this man is not our God. This man is not a good person. And people are collateral damage in that. Actual people who have real lives like Nate and any and all of this commentary is now something that his daughter is potentially being exposed to too, which is a whole other can of worms of intensity that I can only imagine is really weighing on him pretty heavily right now. Yeah, this is terrible, man. That's I just, really it, it just frustrates me so much. And, you know, the people involved, like also, like I saw in the note, like that girl, Kelsey, had said to Steve, like, I wish him the best. I just, you know, I don't want anything negative to come from this. I just think women should Do know. Do you wish him the best? Like, I wish him the best, but here is me slandering him slandering. in front of the entire, like, like, yeah. like did yeah. you get your, I hope you're happy for your 15 minutes of fame. This is like a, a stand-up guy that is a provider for his daughter, has been, even outside the divorce with his ex-wife, has provided for his ex-wife. And it's just insane. And I kind of feel for his ex. I do feel for his ex-wife because I'm good friends with her. And, and for her to see this shit about a girlfriend for one point is baloney, freaking baloney. And it's just, I don't know. I get fired up and I get heated. And honestly, guys, it might be a good thing because I, it's just so, I hate to see how things could shift. And I, I'm definitely a protector. I'm a protector of Pete. I'm a protector of Nate. I don't want people to do this, these things. And maybe it's a good thing if he doesn't become Bachelor. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think Nate's a great guy. He's got a great job. Stay low key. Have your, you know, be with your daughter. And I think, I don't know, maybe the fans ruined it for him possibly being in that light. But I'm kind of happy. I'm just going to say, if, 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 if that is the case, that uh, America's truly going to miss out. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I don't know He's Nate as, as long as you have Dustin and just, you know, I met him in the last year and a half. But what a stand up, truly like individual, everything that I've seen from him. And I've spent, you know, we've done a couple trips together and he's come out to New York a bunch. I've seen him in Chicago. And again, sure. You, you guys want to knock him and and say that he wasn't perfect in every scenario and didn't handle every non-exclusive relationship perfectly? Great. I guarantee you, you've probably done something similar in your life too. And I think Everyone that's a reason has. why we've seen kind of like this cancer culture kind of fade out and just lose its, you know, a lot of its momentum is because at the end of the day, it's 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 ridiculous because nobody has the right to judge anybody because unless you're perfect in this world, you're not. <laughs> You're not. You know, cast, whoever's perfect casts the first stone, right? And, you know, I think it's just sad to uh, to try to knock down someone 
they would throw <laughs> they would throw stones today. No, at Jesus it's, Christ. it's and who knows, you know the the you know the reason behind this and and the you know the the motive, but. Again, I'll say it here. I think America's going to miss out if uh, we don't get Nate as a bachelor. I think you do an incredible job. But Dustin, I actually agree with you and I hear you. Maybe this is the, the best thing. And Nate doesn't need this by any means. That's for sure. He's got a great a great life with his daughter and, and, a, and a great relationship still with his ex-wife, which is cool that he can say that. He's got a great job. He's got a lot going for him. So, you know, what's meant to be, I believe, will be. But I appreciate you kind of opening up and disclosing some stuff there and obviously having our boys back. Yeah. I think that was good. Thanks, man. Uh, anytime. Just hear from my peeps. But um, yeah, I don't know how to actually close from this, but <laughs> I think that's about <laughs> all I have. There, I, I appreciate the people that came up and like gave me information on these people. And I, it's like, they're human. We've all made mistakes. Gosh, I, I wouldn't want all my mistakes thrown out on Front Street on page six and this and that. Oh, like, God. it's just like fucking I ridiculous. Fear that so Do you much. know how quiet of a uh, reality channel or whatever news media channel we'd have, if somehow in like a perfect world, if you disclose like some whatever bad news about some a mistake they made, automatically you had your worst mistake broadcast as well. Like this would be the most quiet. There'd be nothing. There'd be no news because oh. no one would be talking. Oh man, it's an, it's insane. not the way the world works. Yeah, but anyways, well, I guess with that. We'll be back for another recap next week. And obviously we have that awesome conversation with Roses for Everybody coming out Tuesday. So go check that out. Until then, I guess and you'll see us on the ground. And unfollow Reality Steve, guys. He's toxic. Get that shit out of here. It's <laughs> Hashtag unfollow Reality for Steve. For real. Like, come on now. Let's ruin his name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go team. All right, guys. Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music. Our producer is Emma Martins, and our executive producer is Red Yoakum. Our audio engineer is Enrique Inahosa. Subscribe and like or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast. Got questions for us about the show, life, or really whatever? DM at Bachelors in the City podcast on Instagram for a chance to be a featured third roommate. We'll catch you next time.